Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope everybody is doing good. Just a quick reminder that in the description notes you'll find lots of links for very helpful things. So my courses are linked down there if you'd like to do a course with me. I also have information on my doula work that I am starting to take bookings from from the beginning of 2024 so really excited about that um also there's a link for my book the little book of positive birth stories if you're interested and also some other really helpful links as well so like 10% off of a birth pool and a tens machine and things like that today's episode is a birth story and I sat down with Nora who was a previous listener of the podcast and she herself found the positive birth stories really really helpful so wanted to come on and share hers and I'm really really glad that she did. Her story is a really positive one it's a first birth so interesting for a lot of you I think to hear the first birth stories and I just want to say a big thank you to Nora for coming on and sharing her story. It's a nice long episode so strap in everybody and I really hope you enjoy it. Hello, Nora. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If you could please introduce yourself. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, my name is Nora. I'm a fan of the podcast. Um, I'm based in in Dublin in Ireland. Um, and I gave birth to our first child, our little adorable son Manus in January so he's nearly nine months old so nine months in nine months out it seems like a good (laughs) good time to be recording the podcast yeah wow nine months I mean it flies by doesn't it really (laughs) absolutely and those those first few weeks I thought they would last forever and in hindsight they they see they seem so so short even from just a few months on yeah yeah it really does I I mean I'm sure I've said this on here before but yeah you kind of try so hard to soak up those every moment really don't you but obviously at the same time feeling probably pretty tired and kind of um, overwhelmed and everything but yeah it it does go super I mean my youngest is just 10 5 and I'm like what how's this happened they started school yeah just started school so I feel a bit like oh everyone's at school now so um yeah it's crazy but I've kind of quite liked each little stage you know mm. it's all been really enjoyable as you know the baby phase and then see as they get a little bit older so they're in quite nice ages now where they've got their little personalities and they're, they're funny you know it's quite nice good to hear good to hear it's yeah. funny like Manus even at nine months has so much personality Aww. so it's hard to think that there's going to be so yeah. much more stuff still still to come (laughs) yeah definitely definitely but that's good so you did hypnobirthing with him and what was it that got you interested in hypnobirthing in the first place yeah I do you know what I was thinking about this recently um the 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 you know the truthful truthful answer is that mom of a good friend of mine is a um home birth midwife oh wow she and she's a hypnobirthing teacher so she does hypnobirthing classes so I had always had it in mind that you know you know when um when I would be pregnant that we would do her class and I 
I think I probably would have discovered hypnobirthing anyway, but that was a great kind of introduction. So um, her, her name is Sarah McCann and she does um, this kind of uh, hypnobirthing antenatal class. So it's an in-person class and it's um, two Sundays in a row and it's from nine to five. So it's a full day. Wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a two full days in person and I have a really distinct memory of my partner Brian and and uh, me when we were when we were on our way to the first class thinking or saying you know this surely can't all be about the birth probably this this class will cover you know the last stages of pregnancy and the birth and the first uh, few few weeks of having a newborn but the first the first class so the first full full day was exclusively fully about birth and we just loved it we could have done like five more days on birth birth alone we were absolutely fascinated there was so yeah. much to learn and I know something that um you have said before in your last last episode of the last s- series was like one of the top tips for managing labor is to educate yourself yeah. and I think for me that was absolutely the most important thing coming from the hypnobirthing classes was there's so much to learn and there's so much to be aware of what's going on, like yeah. you say, in your body and in your mind when you're in l- l- labor. Um, and I think Brian and me just ate it up. We loved it. Um, <laughs> and so that just got us really started on on hypnobirthing. And I think it kind of has shaped it certainly shaped the way we kind of handled the rest of the of my pregnancy of course how we you know approach the birth and it, and it has kind of helped helped us to approaching our parenting style too it was a really life-changing thing yeah and you know I think you kind of like you said it there's so much involved in it and I don't think we always are aware that there's so much that you can learn about birth because it it seems like one of those things that you know you just you just go and give birth don't you like I don't know it seems like well how much could there possibly be to know about it but actually there is so much and yeah like if if the courses that I do I it's about eight uh in total about eight hours worth of um of you know, live sessions. So it's like, it is a lot of information. And yeah. sometimes I say at the end of a session, like to people, they probably feel like they've been whacked over the head with something <laughs> because there's just so much info and, but so valuable. And it does, it shapes how you then look at your pregnancy and of course your labor. And you're right, as new parents, I think it does shape how you then parent and it gives you some different tools that you can use to parent and I still use some of them now like I use the breathing techniques now to um you know calm myself down um if I'm feeling a bit stressed um but also I like to teach my girls the breathing if they are feeling a bit overwhelmed or something I think it's quite a good skill to teach them as well um and of course you know always asking questions no matter what situation you're in is always voicing um you know your 
your wants and needs and and asking questions so yeah you're right it's you know there's a lot of info and it's so worth doing and and like even when Manus um had tongue tie and that was diagnosed in the very early days I remember we used brain to decide whether we were going to go through with the um with the procedure or not but I think too like one of the absolute crucial things and and of course you know um um, I I was listening to your podcast I was following a lot of hypnobirthing um accounts on um Instagram both Brian and me were both doing a lot of reading but there was something so important about us like being in that class together that I think really set us up so well and we did it when I was about 25 26 weeks pregnant and I'm really glad that we did it at that stage because I think it just kind of opened things up for us and I remember when um Sarah, uh, Sarah McCann was um, telling us about when the babies, um, when the baby turns, when the head and the, and when the head is born to help the shoulders come out. And I remember Brian and me just turning and being (laughs) like, wow, like this is amazing. And I think what it did for us too was certainly for me is it made me so excited. I was so excited to be a part of this like miraculous incredible thing that happens and it was almost like rather than birth being something that would happen to me birth is something that I would do and that was a big mind shift change because the first thing Sarah did in her class and, and 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 I wonder whether you do something like this too is we talked about some of the associations we have with uh birth and with certain words um and I I didn't realize how many negative associations I had with birth before we did that that exercise so it was a it was a really mind-shifting life-changing thing to do I mean it is like it it surprising how many you're right you're like surprising how many negative associations you do have but at the same time it's completely understandable why so many people mm. and and I do do something similar I generally ask people to write down like the three things they think of when they think of childbirth and give them like a moment to write those things down and in every situation there is always some positive things that people write which is great but always without fail there will be words like pain um, like screaming, all of these kind of words. And, it, you know, those words always come up um, and it's never a surprise, but that's what, you know, a lot of people think of when they think of childbirth. And it's about looking at why do we think, why do, why do you think of that? Like, why is that the word that you wrote down? And um, what makes you think that? And kind of unpacking where we get those images and associations from and then trying to undo them and you know focus on the positive more positive sides of it and I think the other thing um that hypnobirthing really did 
for me was, well, for me and, and Brian was, it gave us the tools to advocate for our, for ourselves. So we, I mean, we poured over my birth preferences list for weeks. You know, we were really thinking about, and even that, that in and in and of itself was probably a really use, useful exercise to do. So we were both on the same page and we both were able to step in when we needed to step in and as part of as as part of Manus's birth story there was a couple of points where we really had to had to advocate for ourselves and if we didn't have the knowledge that we had and I think the determination that we had it could have gone a very different way yeah, yeah, and it often does as well. Like it mm. often does. Um, okay, so yeah. are you happy to share your story then? I can't wait. It's so funny. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with telling Manus's birth story. That's so good. But the full thing takes like forty five minutes, and there's been so <laughs> few occasions that I can really <laughs> chew someone's someone's Go for ear, it. Go ear, for ear, it. ear off. <laughs> um, so I'm so I'm so happy to have this opportunity. Um, Go for it. So I the 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 whole time <laughs> the whole way during my pregnancy, I kept saying, you know. The due date doesn't mean doesn't mean anything, you know. Don't be thinking about the due date. Even towards the end, people would would ask me what the due date was, and all I would say is uh, January. Um, yeah. And then of of course, Manus was born at like thirty nine plus five, thirty nine weeks plus five days. So it was like so close to the due <laughs> due date. Having me, you you know, said all of this the whole way along. But um, we we went to the maternity hospital, the Rotunda here in Dublin, for my thirty nine week checkup, um, and we were on the community midwives scheme. So it was it was midwives that that we were meeting, and I was loving being pregnant. I was really loving the nesting phase. I was just having a great time. So um, when I went, you know, the whole way during the appointment and when I was leaving the appointment, we were all saying, including the midwives, there's no way you're going to give birth anytime soon. You're way too happy being (laughs) pregnant. So I was thinking, oh, you know, I have another couple of weeks. And then basically I was um, cycling home from the appointment. I was, I was cycling some streets and then hopping off the bike for the busier ones. And I, and I had just hopped off the, the bike before we got to the uh, busier street and whoosh, like it was an unmistakable waters breaking. (laughs) Unmistakable. Um, That's like something from a TV show, like out in public. Like Yeah. And 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 because, you know, one of the things we had learned in the hypnobirthing uh class is that this actually happens so rarely. Yeah. I was really not expecting (laughs) my waters to break in in that way. So it was immediately kind of uh like things weren't going the way that I had I I had visualized that that 
that they would but I you know kept on walking home thank goodness I was wearing black leggings and it was uh January so it it was dark out um but so um I got home and I called the community midwives um telephone line and happened to be speaking to the midwife who I had just come from my appointment with so she like had you know been speaking to us about the kind of birth that we wanted and she kind of knew how we had prepared so she was really encouraging from the get-go she said you know what to do, stay at home, get the oxytocin flowing, um, you know, don't hurry into the hospital. Um, and of course, I had checked the coat, so the colour, the odour, the activity, yeah. the time of the water's breaking, and there was um, uh, nothing kind of untoward there. So, you know, she was like, stay at home, enjoy yourself. Um, this is around six o'clock in the in the evening and you know maybe call the emergency room around midnight and see if they can even maybe book you in for the following morning to come in so she was really encouraging us to to do as much at home as we could where the official advice had perhaps been to like hurry into the hospital once your waters had broken so um, we just got the oxytocin flowing straight away. You know, we had the candles lit, Aww. the stove going. We <laughs> we 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 had our playlist prepared. Um, uh, we kind of or Brian like placed all loads of cushions on the floor, and and it was just a really cozy, lovely, oh, lovely time. And I think it was a really nice start to it, and I felt very rested, and I felt very relaxed. Um, and so then it was kind of coming up to midnight. So, you know, call the emergency room and um, uh, not for the last time had like a very kind of by the book response from the midwife right. on, the, on, the, on the phone. You know, your, you know, waters have broken. You should have come in then. But, um, you know, you know, come <laughs> in as soon as possible um, oh, because of the risk of infection. You know, we need to check you for group strep B, you know. And so that was the first kind of case of like getting that bit of pressure, I see. Yeah. Um, so we were thinking, will we just wait till, till the morning and like head to bed and keep the keep the cozy vibes going? But we decided we would we would feel better to just go into the hospital and you know get the checks done. Luckily, we live like a ten minute drive from the maternity hospital, okay. which is great for many <laughs> parts of this story <laughs> um but we we got into the emergency room and thankfully we didn't have the same midwife that was on the phone with us and it's so dependent on it who is. you get it that's really is that yeah. really struck me about the whole the whole thing and that's a matter of l- l- luck yeah it is it really is like you yeah the, the first one you spoke to compared to the second one they just had completely different views and probably made you feel completely different in you know that second midwife probably did make you feel a little bit more unsure about 
actually, should I be doing this? Whereas the first one was like, nope, it's perfectly fine. You know, it is, it is just luck. And yes, I mean, it's just one of those things that's always a possibility. But And, and it's kind of mad that they're doing at the same job in the same hospital hospital but 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 yeah yeah so we we headed in and uh, to the emergency room got checked for group b strep and um, i was offered a vaginal exam and i said no thank you and um the uh midwife then said okay i have to book book you in for an induction and I was like okay so she booked me in for an induction 24 hours my after my waters had broken and I was I was really quite determined not to be induced I was that was one thing that was very clear for me and so I told the midwife this and said you know what do you recommend that I that I do should should we just not come not come in for the booking or do we come in and you know uh have a negotiation and she said well I would always recommend that you come in and and everything's a conversation everything's a conversation and that was kind of a helpful thing to like have bouncing around my head and then um before we left she said is there anything else and I suddenly thought to ask can you show us how to collect colostrum um and because I had read that that was you know one of the great things for oxytocin um, and it had been something that had been on my to-do list but I had just kind of never gotten around to yeah. it and in hindsight that's something you know um, if we're lucky in, in, enough that there's a next time I'm definitely going to collect colostrum earlier yeah. next time yeah um, but she was so lovely and she showed us how to do it and when that like liquid gold came out we were so excited like it was such a euphoric moment so we like skipped skipped out of the hospital home like like feeling like we had you know all of the tools at our disposal and everything was going to work out great and I do think those little moments were probably really important for keeping keeping our kind of positive mindset yeah, definitely. They all help, don't they? And seeing, yeah. you know, you seeing your your body produce this colostrum mm. just makes it all kind of probably seem a bit more real, but also seem like, wow, the body, like the body is amazing. And it yeah. gives you that just encouragement that my body's doing everything so far that like it is expected to do. So yeah, like I've I've got this. I can yeah. I, can, I can birth a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um so we headed off home and we had just this really restful cozy lovely uh time um and we had gotten in touch with our hypnobirthing teacher who had given us a few tips including the miles circuit yep which I really liked not only physically but I felt like it helped me um kind of turn in internally um like it 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 got me in into a nice head space doing the miles circuit um so that would yeah when people have asked me since that's one of my recommendations yeah um 
And so, but there was no sign of sur- of of surges. So, you no. know, the clock was ticking down to 24 hours after waters had broken. Like no doubt that oxytocin was flown. Like I was floating around the house, <laughs> but there was no sign of uh, surges. So of course there was a bit of a kind of, oh God, what's going to happen, happen here? But I do think that that those few few hours that half a day we had at home, I think really served us so well because I felt yeah, like I said, I felt very rested, yeah, yeah. and relaxed. So it kind of all all worked worked out well. You probably um, your your body. You never know. Like I always think, like perhaps your body was allowing you that time. Mm to like have that extra rest I mean who knows you know mm. we, we never know but that could have been maybe what was happening I had a similar thing to you as well like with my second where my water went first and then my mm. surges didn't start and I remember and I would probably do things different now if it you know if it happened now but I did the same like they booked me in for that induction and you then feel this kind of pressure on you yeah. to to time it right so that you don't have to go back in and yeah it's kind of adds this bit of pressure which perhaps is not the most helpful for getting some oxytocin going so I think if I was in that situation again I would or if I went back and did it again I would probably just not make that appointment and I'd probably be like you know I'll I'll call you um but I mean you know at the end of the day my surges did start so it was fine but you do it does add that kind of bit of pressure and I always say to people like if you're in that situation you don't have to make that appointment you can always if you change your mind after 24 hours I'm sure like you could ring them and say I've changed my mind I want to come in for an induction and I'm I'm sure they would fit you in Um, but it just kind of takes away a little bit of that added pressure which is just not always that helpful it's in in hindsight and having conversations like this that there are those moments that we still could have could have advocated even more for yeah but you just you don't you don't always not like at the time and you know I had done by that time when I gave birth second time you know I'd already given birth using hypnobirthing I'd done like hypnobirthing for a while I was very familiar with it and I think it's only now since teaching and knowing even more now than I did then that I think I would probably do it differently but we only know what we know and yeah it's hindsight isn't it you know we we, I'm sure there's something that everybody would go back and do slightly differently um but anyway sorry continue with your story no it's it's so it's so helpful to to like hear this and continue processing (laughs) um but yeah there was definitely the feeling of the kind of you know clock ticking ticking down so so the best that (laughs) the best that we that we could do was be 45 minutes late for our appointment which like felt like a real you you know you rebel to the man exactly exactly um but I have a photo from us um leaving uh to go to the appointment in in um in air quotes and I'm like I'm beaming like I have a I have a grin from like ear ear to ear like it was just such a lovely cozy oxytocin time so yeah we head in um 
for our induction appointment um, <laughs> and I'm like walking up sideways up oh, the yeah. stairs <laughs> to the to the um antenatal ward and we get into the antenatal ward and I suddenly got this feeling of oh this might be where I have my labor which again was not how I had visualized it so that was a bit of a kind of a right that was something to kind of feel um and so we got shown to a bed and and I said Brian don't don't take off your coat we're not we're not staying so when (laughs) when when the midwife comes in Brian's standing there you know with his coat and hat still on and I have uh, one foot up on the bed doing the asymmetrical movement so we were like really (laughs) showing our intentions from the very beginning and then we had Lucky us, we had an amazing mid- midwife who um worked with us then. Um and she like we we made it very clear to her what what we wanted and she really kind of um chatted us through what our 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 options were. And I do really think that like had we not had her like fulsome support I just wonder how things would have gone but she was wonderful um and um she kind of kept kept saying to us lads why didn't you do a home birth you are perfect for a home birth and you know in hindsight I was like why didn't we do a home (laughs) birth um but she so she explained to us what was going to happen, that the obstetrician was going to come come in and, um, uh, you know, probably do an exam and, you know, say that the induction needed to happen. And she kind of asked um, us, like, um, you know, because we said that we didn't want an induction. And she said, how much longer would, would you like? And that was something that we hadn't actually prepared. And thankfully, Jenny helped us prepare for it. So she gave us a few of the stats in terms of like actually 40, 48 hours after water's breaking is like, you know, more and more and more women will have started labor by then. Yeah, 24 hours is actually, it's not very long, really. I think I was given about 36 hours, but again, it was because it was like off, uh, like late afternoon mm. that um, that my, I guess it's similar to you, that my waters went. So they kind of gave me 36 rather than 24. But yeah, I mean, 48 is even better, really, if people are going to, mm. go, you know, go in for that induction. It just gives them that. And the the increase in risk to the baby because the water's not there anymore is actually it's very small mm. and there are things that you can do to minimize it, you know that potential infection which is I always say to people if your waters break and your surges don't start um then don't like kind of submerge yourself in any water like don't have a yeah. bath or anything like that yeah. um don't like have sex or anything like that um yeah. or I, I was surprised because you said they offered you a vaginal examination. I was quite surprised they did that because normally they would not if you're, because obviously anything that goes near your cervix is potentially introducing mm-hmm. infection. Mm-hmm. And so usually they would steer, like they would steer away from that, but but definitely something that you could do is to 
decline, anything like that, which mm-hmm. you did anyway, because anything that goes near your cervix is going to potentially introduce infection. So those are some really like simple things that you could do that just minimize it even further. Um, but yeah, that people aren't always aware of, or we're not always told that we can do that. Um, so yeah, sorry, continue. So like they make it sound like it's this significant thing. Um, so we we had built up such a good r- rapport with the midwife and it was clear that there was something going on because the surges hadn't started y- yet. And one of the things that um, Sarah McCann, our, our hypnobirthing, had suggested was that maybe my backwaters had gone, but oh, not yes. my forewaters. Right. So we agreed with, the midwife that she would check yeah. so she checked and her impression was that the four waters were still intact right. which really made sense to us because like I said the oxytocin was flowing there was no question there yeah so like yeah. there was some there was something slowing down yeah. kind of the start of labor or yeah. the continuation of labor I suppose um yeah. so so Jenny had as well well prepared and 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 just one little little thing is that she, the midwife went came to find me um once I had given birth to Manus and what I found really really interesting from our conversation then is that she had had she had given birth recently her, herself and she had had a really different birth experience from me and she had wanted a really different birth experience from me but the way she spoke to us was like she really respected like the kind of birth that we wanted and really supported and encouraged us to kind of to 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 get the kind of birth that we wanted even though it wasn't the kind of birth that she personally that's so nice and I thought that was like class act that's really nice yeah that's that's very good yeah so she had also said that my cervix had di- dilated a little. So things were kind of m- moving on. And then in comes the obstetrician. And this was our one and and only dealing with an obstetrician during my entire pregnancy. And of course, maybe this is a bit of a blanket state, state statement, but I just found we couldn't have like a kind of a peer-to-peer conversation. Right. Yeah. And um, in the way that we had been able to have with a number of the midwives it was just there was a very different tone to the conversation they, it felt, they're sort it of felt seen like. I guess they're we view them as like an authority figure mm, mm. but I don't know why like there's not really a reason to do that they we are all on the same we you know we are all everyone's opinion means the same theirs as well as yours like yours is just as valid as theirs yeah. so I don't know why, but it's kind of the like white coat thing, isn't it? You know, doc- doctors and we do, I think, yeah. view them as as an authority. And it, I guess in some cases, like, yeah, I always say definitely always listen to what it is that they have to say. But ultimately, you know, of course, it's what you want to do that matters. But yeah, I, I get that. And you have to be kind of prepared for what it is that you want to do because yeah. you're going to be kind of hit with some other things so so we negotiated another 24 hours before induction well done um and uh so that was that was fine and then we uh, and i consented to uh the obstetrician um uh 
checking my four waters and breaking my four waters because it was only an obstetrician who could do that um so we so this is this is the the worst part of the whole thing is um as the obstetrician was giving me a giving me the exam she I suddenly felt this this surge of pain and um she said oh I just gave you a sweep and I had specifically said I didn't want a sweep that is Um, so bad that's really bad as she was doing the the exam it's so such a vulnerable position it you know you hear of it it happens it, it's 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 completely out of order like that is yeah. you have and also not even the fact that you have explicitly said you don't want one like it's out of order for you know to not ask but especially because you specifically said you didn't want one and that was on your birth preferences like that is yeah completely not okay like I, I yeah can't imagine how that must have made you feel it was such a shock it was such a shock now now it did you know uh um it it did help to get things moving so I do think that perhaps I like that kind of has softened the blow yeah of course happening because it all worked out well in the in the end but like it was such a it was such a shocking moment Um, and I actually like um requested my my full sets of notes from the hospital and the midwife had specifically said Nora does not want a sweep um and then the obstetrician's notes say something different so anyway like if you could go down a whole you know a whole you could yeah I mean you know here but (laughs) you you have to work yeah you have to kind of weigh up like whether it's worth it to you but yeah it's just you know for for anybody that's listening you know that is like not actually okay like you you have to ask for consent and it happens I've heard it I have heard it before where they've been doing a, a examination and then they they just do a sweep without really any consent or kind of telling you and if you think about it like that that's you know it's not good but I can see why you know it actually worked out in your favor so actually looking back on it you know you can let it slide because it's you know it all worked out okay but yeah next time it's like I'm just going to keep repeating it that kind of way like maybe saying it once wasn't wasn't (laughs) enough for the scenario um <laughs> so yeah that was a that was a bit of a shock um and yeah. then we had been well prepared by the midwife that the hospital policy was um and if there if there was any kind of intervention like a vaginal exam like a breaking of the four waters like a sweep um the hospital policy was that we would have to state to stay in and and stay in the maternity hospital for the rest of of the labor but we knew that we really didn't want to do that and we had had this really great conversation with the midwife and she was really encouraging again we live 10 minutes away yeah by car um and uh, I think she knew that, you know, she knew our preferences and she knew how, pre- how prepared we were. Although, of 
course, you know, you can be as prepared as you want to and things don't always go your way. Um, But we knew we would have to sign a um, discharge against medical advice. Yes. Um, form uh, and so we did we did and um we have this hilarious photo of me signing it it was like it felt like such a such an exciting m- m- moment yeah. and we were like sent 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 oh sent home from the anti-natal ward with like such su- support and That's- and belief from the midwives and I really think that like carried us through kind of quite a lot of what was to come um so we were absolutely giddy leaving for home um and we stopped (laughs) we stopped in uh Dublin's little Chinatown on the way on the way home and Brian was um in getting some takeaway um uh, you know it was chili fried green beans that you know saws saws through the labor and as he was in getting the food um and and I was on the phone to my mom in the car I could feel the surges beginning so it all kind of happened quite quickly um and it was such an amazing feeling I I know in one of your one of your recent recent episodes you say how kind of you know pain is not the only word that can be used about labor and that's that was certainly my my experience I think I think I I would sooner call it kind of intensity rather than rather than pain um so we got home and my voice dropped about two two octaves like I was just getting in in the zone and Brian said I just started to sway from side to side and I kind of haven't stopped swaying since no you don't I sway with man I sway sway with the baby I I know I I still sway (laughs) okay so that was the time it started and it has not and it has no I don't think it I don't think it ever stops I find myself just standing there swaying especially if there's like a baby in the room like I just it's just this thing you connect you just sway it's so funny it's so true though I you know I still do I love it, it. <laughs> um so uh so then it's funny the next part of this story is usually the part I kind of uh tell most quickly but it was the most amazing part so we were home for about 12 12 hours laboring and it was such an awesome experience it was like it was it was amazing it was one of the best experiences of my whole life um and uh Brian and me and Manus were such a team like it was mm-hmm. it was it was real teamwork I I I do tend to describe it that we were laboring at yeah. home um and it was kind of like a choose your own adventure thing so mm-hmm. like Brian would like have set up these different kind of stations around <laughs> the house you know so like candles and a rug here or cushions on the ground here oh. or the ex- exercise ball up here and we were using massage and and we were using aromatherapy and um I was thanks to the hypnobirthing class I had the tip of sitting backwards on the toilet I did that a lot that was a lifesaver (laughs) yeah 
Um, and it was just like, it was amazing. Um, I really like, it might sound uh, strange, but I really enjoyed no. it. Yeah, no, it's great. How lovely, how lovely that you can say that as well. Like, what? That's amazing. You know, how it's it's so nice to be able to say that mm. it's such a nice memory for you. Mm, mm. And I and I think part of it is that I, on some level, knew what was going on. Um, and something else that I had done that I think really stood to me was um, I had set a reminder on my phone every day for the last few months of being pregnant to do a breathing exercise for one minute every day. And it was almost like I was I I, I was training myself to really know what a minute felt l- like. That's a and great I idea. Do think that it that it helped on on the day on the night and that like I knew I could survive the one minute um the other thing that was a lifesaver was the tens machine yeah which I when we tried it once you know when I was pregnant and not in labor and I was like what is this this is the weirdest thing ever and then it was a lifesaver many people yeah many people say that about tens machines um so that was and the pregnancy ball oh my goodness I spent my life on the uh, pregnancy ball I did have the winner flow too but I just didn't um oh yeah it just didn't work for me on the day I'll no try again some you know I'll try it again hopefully next time but it just didn't kind of work on the day I I was just gonna say you never know really how you're gonna feel about like on the day so I like I always say to people like have have a, a range of different tools and things like that that you can use because you just never know on the day like something might yeah. just really not feel right or like it's helpful in which case you know don't, don't bother with it um but yeah it's always useful to kind of have a range of different things yeah and the comb I didn't uh, use the comb but I think next time I'll have that in in, in yeah. my in my arsenal yeah um one thing I did find quite tricky during that time where we found quite tricky was timing the surges um it's like we were kind of warned by a few people warned off using the the apps because they would kind of tell us when it was time to go to the hospital rather than kind of feeling it, uh, feeling it ourselves. So I'm glad we didn't use the apps, but I found it tricky to, like it took me a couple of seconds to, you know, be sure that this was a surge starting. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, so that was, that was a bit of a stress during those times was we didn't kind of have like a neat log of the, of this timing of this third of the surges in hindsight I think we could have just n- not bothered so m- yeah. m- much because it was like I just felt I I felt it in yeah. in innately when the time yeah. came to go to the hospital yeah. that's what I say to people and I think that's kind of quite annoying advice to say like if people say how do I know I always kind of try and stress the fact that you you will just know like you do feel different and if you're in tune with your body you there will come a time when you think actually 
I think I need to go now or I think I need somebody to come out to me. And that is kind of, that's quite frustrating probably, you know, particularly first time, if you've not done it before, you want like almost a, a concrete, like this is how you know, but there just isn't that. You just have to ultimately listen to your body. Like you just said, you knew, you knew, you didn't need a, an app to tell you, you just knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was funny because I was just about to get in the shower and thank goodness I was in the shower when the, um, what's it called in your lower back, the ru- rubus? When the, the little triangle. Exactly. When the triangle did the thing that the triangle does, yeah. thankfully I was, I was in, in the shower because I really needed the help. But before I got, I got in the shower, I said to Brian, um, um, after the shower, I'm either going for a nap or we're going to the hospital. And he <laughs> said, okay, and started immediately to pack the car for the hospital. He was like, there's no way she's going for it. So, um, but before then we had had, it was, it was, it was because we kind of were feeling a little bit stressed about not having that n- neat log of the timings of yeah. them fractions and we called the um emergency room just to get their advice and we got this um very stern uh midwife on the phone who um it was so interesting because I was in the in the zone the oxytocin was flowing the the surges were were happening and she insisted on speaking to me not to Brian and it was like the second I got on the phone with her the contraction stopped straight away like wow. it was like m- m- magic um and she was um very very condescending and um quite aggressive on the on the, on the phone um and she was she was she, she was like you're you're in early 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 l- labor even though I was not um, <laughs> and when she found out that I my waters had broken more than 24 24 oh. hours before she um she said you know I'm all for hypno birthing oh no you know, uh, women can give birth on their heads if they w- want but I draw the line at um risk to the unborn it was a really horrible but, conversation but also it's not up it's not up to you <laughs> like it doesn't matter where your line is it's not up to you <laughs> and she had no like she had no idea of what we no. were doing you know she no. had like heard such a such a small um but it, it was amazing how it was like the yeah, yeah. Just, like, it can happen yeah if you get immediately. that you get that one person that you just like your body's like nope <laughs> I'm not I'm not yeah. continuing while this person is around like that yeah. is that happens yeah and then I like I was trying to get off the phone with her and I I eventually did and it was like bam the flow started wow. as soon as soon as I hung up the phone like it was yeah. magic um yeah. and so I, I suppose the reason I say that again is just like there will be those or there might be those moments where you get kind of pulled somewhere you don't want to be um so like I said I had said to Brian when I get out of the shower I'm either having a nap or we're going to the hospital so it was time to go to the hospital (laughs) um and Brian had packed the car and again it was like 
Brian's role was so crucial and him yeah. being in that hypnobirthing class with me was such an important start to that. So at no point did I tell Brian what he had to do. It was like he he knew what he had to yeah. do. And like, I don't know how we could have done it if it hadn't been that w- no. way. It was so special. Yeah, that's amazing. it sounds like he really understood it all. Like when you were saying about how he had set up the little different stations in your house and things like that, like it sounds like he completely clicked with it and understood like why those things were so important. And that is, you know, it needed. We that's what we yeah. need. Like we need yeah. a birth partner who's there with us that really does understand why environment so important and things mm-hmm. like that because yeah that you you need it with you you need that support so he sounds like he was doing an amazing job he was like it was such it was such teamwork and and, yeah. and something else that like occurs occurs to me from that from that time like it was like my phone didn't exist the outside yeah. world didn't ex- exist it was like the three you know manus me and brian in this cozy bubble doing this amazing yeah. thing so nice um, so we get in the car to, you know, our 10 minutes to the hospital and like the surges are coming thick and fast at this stage. And we um, park as close as we can to the entrance to the hospital, which is normally like a one, two minute walk. And it took us 25 minutes to do the walk. I had like six or oh. seven surges <laughs> on the way. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and I'm holding on to the ratings, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I did not have a quiet birth, I will say. I was loud. So I was like shouting and screaming, <laughs> holding on to the ratings as like people are passing, <laughs> passing by on the street, getting on with their sun, Sunday mornings. Um, and we get into the reception and um, Brian goes to see, speak to the receptionist. And because we're still booked in for the induction mm. later that day, the receptionist kind of didn't know what to do with us. But I'm like having massive sur- surges in the in the reception. And it was almost like um, they had never seen someone like that that far advanced in labor like they were they were really like I can remember their quite kind of shocked and surprised uh, faces and they you know work in the maternity hospital but I think it just shows like we don't we don't see it like we don't see it how it can be yeah exactly um, so I'm like in the middle of a surge in the reception um, and a midwife comes out of the em- em- emergency room and says, I think you need to come into here. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I walk walk in and say, gas and air, gas and air. <laughs> so whisked into the em- emergency room and I begged them not to have me lie on the bed because I knew how uncomfortable the bed was normally I begged them I said like please is there any other way and they insisted that I had to lie down on the bed and again that's that's another moment that I do differently next time um and she 
the midwife put the CTG on on me and um, she said, happy baby. And for Brian, that was like his, like that was the best moment for him. He was so relieved hearing that. But for me, I knew that. Yeah. Like I just knew that in my body things were moving so well um but the midwife checked and she said that I was nine centimeters dilated and that was the best moment for me I was so overjoyed I was so happy yeah um and I think it was probably the proudest moment of my life yeah wow yeah you've done all of that as well like at home basically yeah yeah it was at home and 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 in in the car and on the walk (laughs) and in the car park yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so uh I kind of started bearing down in the emergency room so it was time to you know whisk me up to the delivery room and so I got on my hands and knees on the bed that turned into a trolley to go up up the lift and um, we were in the lift and like Brian and the midwife were like chatting about the weather or something while I was in this (laughs) other world and so and so I said can there be no chatting please (laughs) I love it silence <laughs> but I was like I just couldn't I couldn't yeah. I couldn't hear I couldn't no. hear about, about the, the weather there was no. too much happening <laughs> that's right <laughs> um and so we're we get into the delivery room and I was really well prepared for transition thanks to a really interesting uh birth story you'd had on your podcast cast um and so I had the idea of the frankincense from yeah 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 and I was kind of this was the bit that I was most most interested to see what what it would feel like and um transition came and I like grabbed onto the midwife who was working with us in the delivery room and was like don't let me go um (laughs) and it reminded me of like all of those times you'd be in a a nightclub in your 20s and you'd go to the toilet and you would make best friends with the (laughs) with the with the with the girl doing her makeup in the mirror it was like I got a flashback to all of those (laughs) moments so she just stood with me um while I was going through whatever I was going through the interesting thing about transition for me is that even though I remember knowing that it must be transition I still I still found it hard to believe that it was going to happen and yeah and 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 I did at that at that stage I think I was just absolutely exhausted um and I needed it to be be over over um so I did I did I did find that bit hard um but I was like Brian frankincense and he (laughs) brings out the the cotton cotton wool with a bit of frankincense and like where I have really kind of positive strong proud memories of the surges part of labor I found the 
bearing down part really hard, really, yeah. really hard. And like, I, su- I suppose there's many reasons for that. Like I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, there was the change in in environment. We were now in the hospital yeah. rather than at home. But I also think I was in a in a way less prepared for how that bit would feel. Yeah. Um. Uh. And of course, you can never really prepare. You can never know how it's going 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 to feel. But it's like for the third the third is I had an idea of how I was going to kind of um yeah. manage them, and I found the bearing down really really hard and I don't know if you listen to that Australian podcast called the Great Birth Rebellion I haven't it's great Um, and it's two independent midwives and one of them talks about how she has kind of altered her practice that now when it comes to the bearing down stage she'll encourage the woman to breathe through it more and yeah and not go so quickly to the pushing even if it feels right. like there's an 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 instinctive push yeah. um and I think in hindsight that is something that I that I would have would have liked to have done um it's like I felt like I just had to push yeah. him out <laughs> I feel like as well you go from being yeah like really quite relaxed in like oxytocin Mm. and all of that and then you kind of flip into this stage where you get your adrenaline back and things Mm. like that and I think you're right like sometimes it's probably quite useful to just take a second and to kind of regroup and to perhaps focus less on the fact that you know your baby's going to be coming out soon and more on trying to breathe Mm. and refocus yourself so that you don't kind of yeah I, I I know exactly what you mean it kind of feels it's so near the end there's like such a build-up of everything that's happened so far mm. and that the surges are the surges are like manageable I think for mm-hmm. most people and I mm-hmm. think you know if you have the right tools and environment and kind of mindset mm-hmm. I think for most people they are actually quite manageable that doesn't mean that they're easy mm, <laughs> or anything yeah, like that they're still yeah. they're still hard but they're manageable. But yeah, I think that flip into the kind of more adrenaline mm. side at the end is such a contrast to that, that sometimes it does feel a bit like, ah, like, you know, what is happening and it's hard to get on top of your breathing and on top of what's happening. So yeah, I do agree. Did the frankincense help you in that transition? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I was, it, it was such a frantic time. It yeah. felt like such a frantic time in the way that the surges really d- 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 didn't. Um, and I just couldn't get comfortable and yeah. I just wanted it to be over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I no, wanted I... Manus to be born. Um, and, I get it. And I also wonder whether, because I was reading back over my birth preferences list and like I had put, you know, mother-led pushing and and I actually wonder whether I needed more support maybe in yeah that, in that in that time um so I think yeah that's the that's the that's the that's the bit that I kind of yeah didn't didn't go as I kind of like yeah you know would have wanted it to um yeah. But my God, <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So he, yeah, his um, Manus is born at twelve oh 
two on a sun on a Sunday in the same hospital where where I was born around oh. noon on a s- Sunday. No um, way. <laughs> so that was uh, lovely. Um, and I gave birth in the end on my hands and n- n- knees, which I am really happy about because the whole way through my pregnancy, that was like my comfortable place yeah. to be um and it kind of feels like a bit of a full circle yeah moment that that was that was where it yeah made sense yeah um and where it was most com- most com- comfortable um and I think yeah it's funny you say that about the adrenaline because I was shaking so much after Manus was born. Like I was really, it was a bit frightening. Yeah. Um, and I do think I, yeah, that kind of that, that shift from the oxytocin world to the adrenaline world was, I think, a tricky one to manage. It can be Um, a bit of a shock. I think mm. it can be a bit of a shock. I mean, I remember with my second, I'd, um, yeah, like, you know, been in labor and all nice and calm and relaxed and then I remember when the um when the midwives um turned up I probably was in my like transition stage and I'd had that like bolt of adrenaline but I remember one of the midwives I was asking her whether she had kids and she was like oh yeah I've got two um you know thinking about maybe having another one I remember I was like don't don't do it don't do it because you then you have to do this and she was she was probably like and then looking back I I just think I must have been in that like crazy like adrenaline filled transition where I was telling her to not do it please ignore that anyone listening to this because that's just the adrenaline (laughs) that's funny funny. that's (laughs) funny oh my it is yeah it was real mind bending yeah time yeah 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 Yeah. um and and yeah and I I had a bit of a hard time with the third stage as well um it you know they get we had the hour of skin to skin and it was gorgeous and then no no sign of the placenta so um it was just I had to push out the placenta and um oh my goodness me I was just like again more are you serious yeah yeah I know yeah Uh, but yeah and 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 then it was so nice we had like it just felt really relaxed in the room we were in the room for a couple of hours just the three three of us and then a few midwives coming Mm -hmm. coming in and in and out and we were playing our play our playlist and it was just oh, gorgeous and um, so nice and then the time came to move to the post natal ward and the student midwife was helping us move and she kind of rolled in a um a wheelchair expectantly and I was like oh no I'm fine I can I can walk and she said it was the first uh, birth where she had ever seen the mother walk really walk out of the uh, delivery room so it was the first kind of non-epidural non-c-section birth that she had seen and um, again you know things could have gone different differently for me depending on so many 
factors but I'm so glad that they didn't and I'm so glad that there's an an a platform to talk about yeah. positive birth stories and I'm so glad that there are you know opportunities for student midwives to see yeah these kind of b- births too because we know what the stats are particularly for first time yeah. uh, mom so like to know that it's possible when things go your way is I think such an important message to give and in in like various of my new mom groups it seems to me like it's kind of easier to maybe share some of the harder stories um and um I don't always feel comfortable or like it's appropriate for me to then jump in and say, I had a great time. And, you you know, things went how I hoped that they would go. Um, Because, of course, you know, lots of women are very, you know, sad and 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 angry about how how their you know birth went against their their hopes so I am just really glad that there is kind of a platform to talk about these kind of things and people that are listening to these stories you know they are seeking them out because they Mm. understand that they are important but you're completely right you know in a group of people if you know that several of them have had you know traumatic birth experiences then of course like you know anyone's gonna feel awkward then sharing their story if it's a positive one like it's completely understandable and this is probably a big reason why we hear of so many more negative ones I think it's just much harder to share the positive ones because ultimately you know we we don't necessarily want to hear (laughs) the good things all the time like we you know we we're more inclined to be like oh okay like I want to hear like the horrible ones but actually it's so important to listen to the positive ones because they you know in your your birth yeah you like had you know you went in you had the potential of an induction you know it wasn't completely straightforward in how it went but it was so incredibly positive and at every step you used you know your your brain tool and you asked questions and you did you know you negotiated another 24 hours and you did what was best for you and I think that's why these stories are so popular I said to you at the beginning like so many people love listening to these stories because they're all different types of births and I think you know if someone could find themselves in a situation really similar to yours and they might remember your story and think oh yeah like she you know she did this and you know you said that everything's a conversation like that's a great term and that might stick with somebody and I think that's why it's so valuable like sharing your story like you're doing um and listening to them as well because you just never know what you're going to take away from it and then reach for during your you you said it yourself about someone else that you'd oh the frankincense you know you heard a story and then you you know you took something from it for your birth and things like that so yeah you know there's it there's great benefit in it but it's got to be the right type of environment I agree (laughs) 
exactly now i'm i'm sure if if there are some of the moms in my new moms groups listening they'll they'll, they'll be like she shares it plenty (laughs) (laughs) but i do try and pick my moments i promise but it's like it's such a proud (laughs) such a of course um, why shouldn't you why shouldn't you share it but you're you're so proud of your story and you should be so what you know why shouldn't you share it I, I get that as well that we should be able to share our stories as well when they're positive and I'm sure everybody listening to this will totally understand that as well because they're they're listening so um but no thank you so much for sharing it and you know it was it's great and it's great for you to have it I would say this to people it's great for you to have it so yeah. that you know you can listen Absolutely. to it and like remember it because we do forget so much from our birth after you know after it happens we do over time forget the little things so it's nice to have it while you know you still remember it and um be you know be able to kind of go back and listen whenever you want I I always think that as well yeah no thank you so thank you so much for the opportunity and for the time like I say (laughs) there there aren't (laughs) there aren't many people who would sit down with me for 90 minutes to hear the full version do you know what though (laughs) people I'm sure like people and I do this as well like people say to me like I, I always like select the longest episodes to listen oh, to and I, I do that with podcasts as well like I want a long I want a nice like <laughs> decent decent length uh, podcast to listen to so I think there's you know no worry about that I'm pretty sure people will enjoy the fact that it's you know it's long and in detail because that's what what people want so thank you though thank you for for sharing it and for for reaching out and coming on and contributing you know back to other people that are going to come along listen and benefit um it's always great you know it works full circle doesn't it so yeah um yeah thank you so much for your time and Claire thank you so so much for like doing this podcast because it was it was one of the first resources I found when I was looking for hypnobirthing stuff and I just found it so helpful and I think more power to you and yeah let's keep sharing these stories yeah definitely no thank you thank you for that as well and um yeah for for everyone that listens thanks you know it's it's great (laughs) I love doing it and you know I always think like the amount of amazing women that I meet doing Mm. this podcast you know do share coming on and sharing their stories and um you know people who are like experts in their field that come on I, Mm. I think I it's so it's so great for me as well to you know have these opportunities to meet people like yourself and talk talk through stories and talk through experiences together I would never be doing that if it wasn't this so it's you know it's amazing and everyone that comes on is incredible you know I I love it so no I'll keep keep going for as long as I can find enough things to talk about (laughs) so there's so much though there is is. like lift lift up every stone there is like a whole a whole other wormhole you can yeah yeah you're right it's amazing Mm. Yeah. yeah No, thank you so much, Nora. Thank you. Thanks a million, Claire. Thanks. Slan, bye-bye. Thank you once again to Nora for coming on and sharing her story. Hopefully a lot of you will find that really, really helpful. 
If you are enjoying the podcast, which I hope you are, please do rate and review it. It does help for others to find it. Also, you can subscribe as well so that you get notified of any recent episodes, which is great as well. I would be really grateful if you guys wouldn't mind doing that. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in two weeks time with a brand new episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.